Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 6. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. God, can I ask you a question? God, sure, me. Promise you won't get mad? God, I promise, me. Why did you let so much stuff happen to me today? God, what do you mean, me? Well, I woke up late. God, yes. My car took forever to start. Okay. At lunch, they made my sandwich wrong and I had to wait. Hmm. On the way home, my phone went dead just as I picked up a call. All right. And on top of it all, when I got home, I just wanted to soak my feet in my new foot massager and relax, but it wouldn't work. Nothing went right for me today. Why did you do that? God, let me see. The death angel was at your bed this morning, and I had to send another angel to battle him for your life. I let you sleep through that. (laughs) Me. (laughs) Me. Humbled. Oh, God. I didn't let your car start because there was a drunk driver on your route that would have hit you if you were on the road. Me, ashamed. God, the first person who made your sandwich today was sick, and I didn't want you to catch what they had. I knew you couldn't afford to miss work. Me, embarrassed. Okay, God, your phone went dead because the person that was calling was going to gossip, and I didn't want you to be guilty of that sin. Me. Softly, I see. God. Oh, and that foot massager? It had a shortage that was going to throw all the power. (laughs) Can I finish? (laughs) The shortage is going to throw all the power out in your house that night, and I didn't think you wanted to be in the dark. Me. I'm sorry, God. God. Don't be sorry. Just learn to trust me in all things, the good and the bad. Me. I'll wait. Me. I will trust you. God. And don't doubt that my plan for your day is always better than your plan. Me. I won't, God. And let me just tell you, God, thank you for everything today. God, you're welcome. It was just another day being God and I love taking care of my children. Nothing happens by chance. Come on, clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? Nothing happens by chance. Now listen, back to our text. Listen, let me tell you something. You've got to hear this before we move on. This test is stacked against God. Why? Because by nature, two milk cows that have never been yoked should not pull a cart at all. 
And then they take their babies away, which the natural instinct of mommy is to go in the direction of their babies. So listen, the Philistines are putting together a test and forcing God to do a miracle in order to prove that he was the cause of the plagues. That being said, come with me to verse 10. Then the men did so. They took two milk cows and hitched them to the cart and they shut up their calves at home. And they set the ark of the Lord on the cart and the chest with the gold rats and the images of the tumors. And then the cows headed straight for the road to Beth Shemesh and went along the highway, lowing as they went and did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. And the lords of the Philistines went after them to the border of Beit Shemesh. Now the people of Beit Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley and they lifted up their eyes and they saw the ark and they rejoiced to see it. And then the cart came into the field of Joshua of Bet Shemesh and stood there a large underline this a large stone was there so they split the wood of the cart and they offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord the Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the chest that was with it in which were the articles of gold and put them on large stones. Then the men of Beit Shemesh offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices the same day to the Lord. So when the five lords of the Philistines had seen it, they returned to Ekron the same day. Listen. That's exactly what they did concerning the cows. They took the two cows, they hitched them to a cart, And they put the gold jewelry in a box next to the ark. Sent the cows walking and the cows went straight for Beth Shemesh. Now listen, they put God to the test to see a miracle. And that's exactly what they saw. Think about it. The cows should have resisted. They never had been yoked. They should have headed toward their babies in the Philistine city. They didn't. They headed straight for the road to Beth Shemesh. Interesting. They didn't turn to the right or to the left. They didn't meander. They went straight where they were supposed to. That's a miracle. Two cows who had never pulled a cart, no driver, no leader, and yet they leave home and they march 10 miles to a city they had never been to. They leave their babies behind. They never make a wrong turn in verse 12. They never stop. They never turn aside into the fields to feed. They never turn back. I'm telling you, they saw a miracle. And think about this. Remember Ichabod. The glory of the Lord has departed. Israel and the Philistines are resisting God. And what does God do? God finds two cows to show his glory through. God will be glorified. Somebody say a better amen than that. Will you do it? God will be glorified. And notice in verse 12, I love this. They were lowing as they went. They were crying. Write that down in your margins. They were grieving. There's a lot of crying going on here, isn't it? Israel is grieving and crying. The Philistines are hurting and grieving and crying. The cows are crying, lowing, which means the cows were not happy. They were longing for their baby cows, and yet they still did the will of God. I love this. God is able to overpower the instinctive nature of the cows, and God can overpower our instinctive nature as well. I hear Christians say all the time, well, that's just the way I am. 
stowaway. Listen, if that's just the way you are, then that's just the way you must want to be. Because God is able to overpower that area of the flesh. If that's the way you are, is the way you want to be, because God is able. Yes, he is. <laughs> I was telling, talking to Elvira, I think last night we probably fell asleep singing this song, I, I think. This song is so old. One of the first Christian songs I ever learned it, when I first became a Christian was uh, God is able. Y'all remember that? He is able, more than able. Y'all remember that? To accomplish what concerns me today. He is able, more than able, to handle anything that comes my way. He is able, more than able, to do much more than I could ever dream. He is able. God is able to make me what he wants me to be. That was the first song I ever learned as a Christian. I love this song. And I was reminded of it. I forgot about it. And I was reminded of that song. I was telling you, um, when I read this, that God is able. He's able. Huh? Able to do what? Whatever you need him to do. Moses, tell him I am. I am what? Anything you need me to be. God is able. Right? Look at verse 13. The people of Beth Shemesh were reaping their harvest, which tells us it was, write it in your margins, May or June. So they hear the cows coming and they're lowing, dragging the cart. No one is driving it, steering it. The ark is sitting on the back of the cart. Keep in mind, they haven't seen the ark in seven months. Their mouths are open. They begin to rejoice and the, because the cart came into the field of Joshua and they stood there and verse 14 tells us the cows parked the ark right next to a great stone now listen i see the hand of god even where the cows parked they stopped by a large rock so they could worship god the rock became the altar the cart became the firewood the cows became the offering and the Levites led the people in an act of consecration and worship. And verse 15 tells us the Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the chest that was with it. And they offered unto the Lord. Look at verse 17. These, if you're looking at verse 17, say I'm looking at it. These are the golden tumors which the Philistines returned as a trespass offering to the Lord. One for Ashdod, Gaza, Ascalon, Gath. And Ekron, the five cities of the Philistines, and the golden rats, according to the number of all the cities of the Philistines, belonging to the five lords, both fortified cities, country villages, even as far as the large stone of Abel, on which they set the ark of the Lord, which stone remains to this day in the field of Joshua at Beit Shemesh. And then he struck the men of Beit Shemesh because... Note verse 19, 
they looked into the ark of the Lord. He struck 50,070 men of the people, and the people lamented because the Lord has struck the people with a great slaughter. So get the scene, guys. Look at me. Give me your attention. Get the scene. The ark is back, and the men of Beit Shemesh decide to look into the ark. And when they looked into the ark, God struck them dead. Why? Because they should not have done that. They should have known better. The Philistines, obviously, did you get this? The Philistines touched the ark uh, to get it up on the cart. And God didn't judge them. Even though they were testing him, he didn't judge them. The men of Beit Shemesh or the priests received the ark and they touch it and they are instantly killed. Why? Because you know your Bibles, first of all, the ark was to be carried by poles. The ark was never to be transported by cart. God has specifically designed gold overlaid wood poles to carry the ark. When you move the ark, you were to grab those poles, Exodus 25, 12 through 15. Anything other than that way to handle the ark was forbidden. Second Samuel 6, you take your notes, write it down. Second Samuel 6, 6 and 7, Uzzah. U-Z-Z-A-H, touched the ark to keep it from falling off the cart. But he didn't touch it at the poles, and God struck him dead. Now, you might think, well, he's trying to keep the ark from falling in the dirt. Listen, we're to be obedient to God and not try to figure out what is in the best interests of God and the things of God. For example, If the ark would have fallen off the cart, it's God's job not to allow it to be damaged, not Uzzah. Uzzah was wrong in thinking that there was something less pure about the ground than his act of pure disobedience. Did you get that? There's nothing less pure about your act of disobedience. You knew you were not to touch the ark, period. And we are to obey God, period, point blank, cut and dry. Obey God. Do what he tells you to do. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to help him out. Thank you, four people over there. (laughs) Don't try to help him out. God doesn't need your help. Uzzah was trying to help God out. And because of his disobedience... In touching the ark, God killed him. God didn't judge the Philistines for the way they handled the ark because they didn't know better and they weren't commanded otherwise. The Bible is clear to whom much is given, much is what? Required. And when you know to do, but you don't do it, that is sin. Israel knew how God wanted the ark handled. Notice in verse 19, when they opened the lid of the ark, God struck 50,070 men dead. Or this could read 50,000 in population and 70 of them were killed. Either way, because of their curiosity, men were killed. We're not told why they opened the ark. They could have been making sure everything was still there, nothing stolen. We don't know why. But we do know that they weren't supposed to open it. And doesn't that remind you of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? Y'all remember Indiana Jones? God knows, I love that movie. 
When they went to open the ark and they were like, no, no, don't look at it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And they were like, no, don't look at it. When they looked at it, then the light came out of it and fire and light went through their eyes and burned them up. God, I love that scene. <laughs> Just wiped everybody out. I love that. But here's something I want you to see. Curiosity kills. I've seen that firsthand. I remember the guy, and I probably told you this a long time ago. I remember a guy who led me to the Lord. His name was Thomas. Uh, this is 30 years ago now. And um, I remember the week after I gave my life to Christ, we were sent to Okinawa, Japan for duty. And we're there about a week or so, and I remember coming down the street. It was kind of a hill. I remember that. We were in um, Camp Johnson, Okinawa, Japan. I remember walking down this hill and I saw Thomas walking up the hill and he was drunk. It's the guy who led me to the Lord. And man, that threw me. Remember, I'm a new Christian. I've been, I've been a Christian for like seven days. So then I, I went to his cubicle because we had squad bay cubicles. And I went to his cubicle and I saw a book about demonology on his dresser. And I'm like, man, what in the world? What is this? I'm like, now, mind you, I've been a Christian for seven days. I don't really know that much. But I know no Christian needs to be looking at evil stuff. I know that. The Holy Spirit will tell you that. You don't need to be a Christian longer than a minute. and You'll know that. Say amen. So I said, man, that's, that's just not good. And he was like, well, you know, I'm reading this because I want to know more about it because when I'm talking to people, I want to understand what they're talking about and so on and so forth. And you know what? I remember saying to him, you know what? I, I, there's some things I don't think we need to understand. There are some things you don't need to know. You don't need to know everything. You don't need to know about dark things and, 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 and evil things and to get involved in these things so that you can witness and next thing I see him coming out of a, of, of a nightclub. I remember I went to get some yakisoba. Yakisoba is like a noodle dish that was, uh, they made it, it was great. And uh, I remember one night I went to get some yakisoba. I don't know what I'm telling you these details. And uh, so, and, and I, I saw him come out of, the, out of a club. I'm like, man, what are you, what are you doing coming out of a club? He's like, well, I was in there witnessing. I said, I was in the wait a minute. Now I'm about tired of this. You in there witnessing? Sure. Next thing I know, he was backslidden away from the Lord. I don't know whatever happened to him, but I do know that we, as Christians, we don't need to be reading evil things. And uh, amen. <laughs> Curiosity, curiosity kills. And, and honestly, listen, you've got to be careful as a Christian, period, whether it be evil stuff, Ouija boards, tarot cards, no business with seances and calling forth the dead and all that stuff. Let the dead be dead. Hallelujah. Let the dead be. I, I don't need none of that. 
but then also whether it's anything that has to do with your flesh because Satan knows where your chink in the armor is. And it's the very place, are y'all listening? The very place that, that, that your chink in the armor, Satan will hone in like a radar right there and hook you. And maybe this was a weak area in his life. I don't know. Curiosity kills. In our text, opening the ark had great, listen, spiritual significance. What do you mean, Rodney? Remember the lid. Now stay with me here. Remember the lid on the ark was called the what? Mercy seat. The mercy seat was the place that the blood was applied. The mercy seat was where the blood of the lamb was poured upon. And when they removed, watch this, you're going to love it. When they removed the mercy seat, they were face to face with the law of God. Because inside the ark was what? The, the two tablets of stone or the law, Aaron's rod that budded, and a jar of manna. Thank you. And manna. So when they remove the mercy seat, they have come face to face with the law of God. When they removed the blood of the lamb from between them and the law, they remove the only thing that stands between you and judgment. So when they remove the mercy seat, they were face to face with a holy God. The only thing standing between you and the righteous judgment of God is the blood And it's only through the blood of Jesus that was poured out to make propitiation for our sin that we have peace with God. If you remove the blood, you are left with judgment. And that's exactly what happened here. Did you get that? And at the end of the day, listen, two things. Number one, they sinned against light. They knew better. Number two, this was a thoughtless disrespect toward God and God judged them. And God will always judge those who are disrespectful. I don't think people get it today, do they? We can't be blessed if you're going to be disrespectful toward your parents or toward God. Period, point blank. That's just what the Bible says. Look at verse 20 and 21, and then we're out. The men of Bethshemesh, in verse 20, said, Who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? And to whom shall it go up? From us. So they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kiriath Jerim, saying, The Philistines have brought back the ark of the Lord. Come down and take it up with you. Then the men of Kiriath Jerim, in verse 1 of chapter 7, came and took the ark of the Lord, and they brought it into the house of Abinadad on the hill, and consecrated Eleazar, his son, to keep the ark of the Lord. So who, in verse 20, let me have your attention, they ask, who is able to stand against this holy Jehovah God? Listen, I'm not so sure I like this question. Because in a sense, it makes God seem harsh. It feels like they're throwing the blame on God. They knew they weren't supposed to touch the ark, period. But the question seems to make it like God is hard to please. Who is able to stand against this holy Jehovah God? And that explains why. And the reason why I say that is because of verse 21. They send it to their friends, maybe their enemies, in Kiriath-Jerim. Either way, truth is, 
no one in their own righteousness can stand before God. Amen. Now, chapter 7, verse 1, the men of Kiriath-Jerim came and they get the ark and they bring it to the house of Abinadad who lived on a hill. This must be an exciting day for Abinadad. You get up in the morning, everything is usual. You brush your teeth. All of a sudden, a bunch of priests knock on your front door. They're standing there holding the Ark of the Covenant. And they say, hey, we decided to store this in your garage. (laughs) By the way, where's your son? We're going to sanctify him to take care of the thing. And perhaps on the way out the door, they say, listen, uh, just word to the wise. They're walking away. They left the Ark in the garage. And they said, word to the wise, listen, a bunch of Levites just got slaughtered. Because they were over curious and they looked in it. So a word of advice, don't lift the lid. Right? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.